Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. Galatians chapter 5, and let me read the beginning part, and then we'll have to uh, do a little bit of review. He says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. So what is he talking about? Well, he's been addressing the churches of Galatia from the very first chapter and saying, look, when I was with you, I laid down a very thorough, precise, simple, true gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, I taught you the doctrines of salvation very clearly. And yet somebody has come in. Others have come in. He even named some folks. Peter, Barnabas got caught up in it. Uh, Others from the Jerusalem area, others from the circumcision or from the Jewish people came in and started teaching these people, these believers in the Galatia area, the churches of Galatia, that the grace that you received by faith for salvation, for the Holy Spirit, for ministry, miracles, etc., they came in and started saying, hey, you need to keep the law. You need to be circumcised. Hey, you need to keep the traditions. You need to start doing what the Jewish people have to do. We're we're always required to do. If you want to really please God, if you want to really be spiritual. Now, I'm giving uh, some uh, language that Paul did not outline, but this is exactly what Paul is talking about. They tried to come in and get these Gentiles that had supernaturally received the blessings of God, the blessing of Abraham, salvation, the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders, trying to get them now to measure up to it where they never had to measure up to it before. And Paul's saying, why are you going backwards? Who be, who bewitched you? Who deceives you into going back and doing something that you never had to do? And plus, going backwards and doing it that way, you could never attain the blessing that God has given you. So he went through so many. If you haven't been through these chapters, I encourage you to go back through these chapters with us But Paul is saying, look, we are like Isaac. And Isaac was a supernatural birth, a barren woman, a man that was past his age to be able to uh, bear a child or to, you know, take part in bearing a child. And this was a supernatural birth and the supernatural blessing came on him. Ishmael, on the other hand, was Abraham going to Hagar, marrying her, and just by a natural, physical interaction with her, you know, intimacy, had a baby like couples do. And he said, however, the supernatural blessing of Abraham did not pass down to Ishmael. Was Ishmael blessed? Yes, God blessed him for Abraham's sake. But that supernatural blessing came on Isaac. And this is what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, look, Isaac got it because of a promise, not because of a physical act. No, it was supernatural with Abraham and with Sarah to have Isaac. And he said, when you by faith 
receive the free grace of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, then all that promise of Abraham comes from Abraham to Jesus, and you inherit all of that by faith. Don't let anybody tell you that now you have to go back and earn something because the moment you go back and try to earn it, you're under a bondage of requirements that you can never measure up to. You'll never receive another thing from God if you have to earn it because you can't earn it. You'll never measure up. So Paul's saying, listen, in fact, let me just read the last verse here in chapter four. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. See, being born again in Jesus by faith, receiving the grace, we're like Isaac. This blessing just passes on to us. We're living a supernatural life. So he says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Free from what? Free from the requirements of the law. Free from having to try to earn it. From Free from having to do things just in our own flesh instead of having the supernatural power of God functioning in our lives. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Even if somebody tells you that you need to do all these things, don't, don't buy into it. Don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Verse 2, indeed, I'm... I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. Think about that. Now, of course, he's not literally saying if you, if one of you became circumcised, oh, you can't be saved. No. He's saying if you buy into this doctrine that you now have to, like the Jews, be circumcised or circumcise all of your sons so that you could be saved, he said, then this death that Jesus died to give you salvation freely by grace will profit you nothing because you just with your actions showed that you think you can earn it and you really aren't receiving salvation by grace. You're trying to earn it. And he said, the moment you step over into that, now, well, like Paul said to the Romans, he said, you owe a debt because you're acting like you could pay it. And God said, okay, you can pay it. We'll go ahead and pay it. You can't. He said, no, get out of that and say, no, I, I can never earn it. Now, is he saying that nobody should ever circumcise uh, their children? No, he's not saying that. He's saying, but you shouldn't do it to try to be in right standing with God, to try to be better, to try to earn your salvation. No. So, uh, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is, is a debtor to keep the whole law, okay? You want to do something of the law to try to earn your salvation? Then you owe God every law. You have to be obedient to every one of the hundreds and hundreds of laws. You're in debt. Verse 4. You have become estranged from Christ, Messiah. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. Notice, you didn't fall from grace because of sin. You fall from grace because of trying to earn your salvation. Verse 5. For we, through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails or means anything, but faith working through love. That's what really makes a difference. Verse seven, you ran well. In other words, you were doing so well. 
You were doing so good. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? What's the truth? That you receive these things by grace through faith, not by earning them. Verse 8, this persuasion does not come from him, God, who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. In other words, once one person starts to buy into this, you have to do this and you have to do that. He said, man, that just starts spreading throughout all the churches. So he said, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you in the Lord that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. So Paul's not exactly sure while in it, you know, when Paul was there uh, with Peter uh, in Antioch, Paul withstood Peter to his face. But here Paul is writing to the Galatians from a distance and he knows somebody came in preaching this and sowing this doctrine, but he doesn't know exactly who it is. He said, whoever he is, he needs to bear his judgment. Verse 11, and I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, in other words, if I still preach that people have to be circumcised and keep the law to be saved, he said, why do I still suffer persecution? What is Paul telling us? The big persecution that he's receiving primarily from the Jews is that he's not holding the Gentiles accountable to keep the Jewish law. And Paul's not going to do it because they shouldn't try to do it. That's his whole point. He said, he said, don't think that I'm going around telling people they have to be circumcised and keep the law. He said, if I still preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. What offense? The offense. You think, well, why would this offend people? that you would tell people, Jesus paid the price for you. You don't have to keep the law. You would think that that would just be great news to people. However, it offends those people who they've rallied around being good enough and keeping the law and wearing their clothes a certain way, shaving their beards a certain way. They've got all their traditions of how they're keeping the law. They so uh, identify with that, that when somebody comes and says, you don't have to do any of that to be saved, you just receive the grace of Jesus. It offends people. It's a stumbling block for people. Verse 12, I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. Oh, that's pretty strong. He's saying, why stop at circumcision? If that's really doing you good to circumcise, you know, the foreskin, he said, why not just cut everything off? <laughs> See, he's, he's being you know, somewhat facetious here, but he's saying, look, if that's really what saves you, cutting that skin off, well, why stop there? He said, I wish you'd just go ahead and continue cutting. Verse 13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. In other words, okay, so you've received salvation by grace, and now you're liberated from the law, but don't let that liberty allow you to go into sin. No, no, we need to serve one another. Verse 14, for the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. So notice what he's saying. He's saying, look, you don't have to keep all those laws, but once you get saved, by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. If you love people, you're not going to murder them. If you love people, you're not going to commit adultery. 
with them or their spouse. If you uh, if you love somebody, you're not going to steal from them, covet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. See, and so he's saying, look, now that you're born again, walk in the new commandment, and you'll be keeping the law without having to keep all those righteous requirements to measure up. You're just doing it because it's, it's the right thing to do. Verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So he's saying, I'm not telling you to keep all the laws. I'm saying, walk in the spirit. You're born again. <laughs> so you're a spiritual person. Walk in the spirit, not in the energy of the flesh. Walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let me say it like this. Uh, you know, if you walk in the kitchen, you won't be in the bedroom. Is that right? If you walk outside, you won't be inside. He's saying instead of trying to keep all the laws and, and then you're breaking laws because you can't measure up. He said, just start walking in love, walk in the spirit. And you'll find out walking in the spirit. You'll say, you know what? I'm not breaking those laws anyway, but I'm not not breaking those laws by trying to keep the law. I'm not breaking those laws because I'm walking in the spirit. I'm walking in love. And therefore, I'm just not breaking those laws. See, this is the way to do it. This is the way not to break all those laws is by walking in the spirit and not being under those requirements, but do it in the power of the spirit. Verse 17, for the flesh lusts against the flesh. Excuse me, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Now, now they've got the word spirit capitalized here, which is Holy Spirit. And it certainly does apply to that. Yes, because your flesh has lust that are against the Holy Spirit. There's no doubt about that. That's true. But I think we're talking here about your spirit inside that inside of you, you've got the carnality. And that carnality wants to act out certain things, but your born again spirit inside wants to act out things by the Holy Spirit. See, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Verse 18. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. See, if you just be led by the spirit, then you're not under the law, but yet you're doing the right things because you're led by the spirit, but not because you're trying to measure up to be saved. No, because you're already saved by the grace of God. And now you just love the Lord and you're walking in obedience to him. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. So now he's going to say, you guys do know what I mean by the works of the flesh. That's different than walking in the spirit, right? And so he's going to give him the examples. Works of the flesh are evident, obvious, which are adultery, fornication. Adultery can be of the heart, by the way. Uh, or adultery can also be physically acted out. But Jesus said, if, if a man looks at a woman to lust for her, he has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Hadn't done a thing physically, but in his heart, he's already committed adultery because he was looking to lust instead of being loyal to his wife from his heart. See, so that's that adultery can be of the heart. Fornication. This is acting out sin. Often this uh, includes uh, premarital intimacy and sex, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Oh, that's happening a lot today. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, 
revelries. Notice these three words, and the like, and the like. What does that mean? Paul said, I'm not going to list them all, but you get the point. All that stuff. What are these? Works of the flesh. Our flesh would, if we just let our flesh do whatever it wants to do, oh man, it would just do about all these things. He said, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, this is not the first time I told you this, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now he spends all of this time saying, you cannot measure up. Don't be under the law and try to do the do's and not do the don'ts. That's not how you get saved. You need to receive the grace of Jesus. You need to receive this by faith, the promise of God. And then says, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then says, here's the works of the flesh. Here, there's all this stuff, adultery and fornication, uncleanness, and all of these things that people do, right? And then he says, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that'll give you the impression, wait a minute. So you're saying I have to keep the law then, right? No, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, if you'll walk in the spirit, if you'll walk in love, (laughs) you won't be doing those things because love keeps the law naturally. You won't murder. You won't commit adultery. You won't have selfish ambition if you're walking in love toward people, see? So don't try to do it keeping the righteous requirements of the law to measure up, no. But having received the grace of God, Now walk in the Spirit. Now walk in love. Verse 22, by contrast, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. And of course, this is indeed the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But this is also the fruit of your born-again Spirit, which is born again by the Holy Spirit. See, so a born-again Spirit will have these characteristics. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. He's saying no government passes a law against joy. No government passes a law against long-suffering. In other words, sacrificing for somebody else's good. No, there's no law against these. And certainly there aren't any laws in the Bible against these things. These are fruit of the Spirit. So he's saying walk in the Spirit. That means walk in love, walk in joy, walk in peace, walk in long-suffering. See, as opposed to selfish ambition, it's all about you. Walk in long-suffering to where you're sacrificing that others may be benefited and blessed. See? Okay, verse 24. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. What does that mean? They, you keep telling your flesh, flesh, you died on the cross with Jesus. I know you're trying to get me to act something out, but that's not who I am. I've been born again. <laughs> I've received the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm telling you, flesh, knock it off. You died on the cross with Jesus. I am recognizing you as dead and I'm recognizing my spirit as alive. I'm going to live unto God. Verse 25, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk. If you're born again spiritually and therefore in the spirit, you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, as Ephesians chapter two tells us, you are in Christ you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. He said, if we live in the Spirit, well, let's also walk in the Spirit. If that's really who you are now, then live like it. 
not to measure up to salvation, no, but having received free salvation, live like that. Walk like that, love like that, and so on. Verse 26, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Okay, so that's the end of chapter five, but you can see this same theme. He's just hitting it, but nobody in the New Testament explains these things in such detail as the Apostle Paul. And boy, I tell you what, the Lord gave him this revelation and thank God that he did. Every one of these illustrations, metaphors are helpful to us to understand the distinction between earning our salvation under the law and receiving it freely by grace, yet walking in love and obedience to God. <laughs> See, so, so important. And I hope you're catching this and I hope you're full of joy about this because Jesus bought this better life for us than having to try to earn it because that was miserable for everybody. May we never go back into that bondage in Jesus' name. One more chapter, chapter six. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament daily with Jerry Dearman.